Hey, and welcome back to Probably Therapy. It's Ryan and Kendall. What's up, guys? Hi. Sorry, I don't know <laughs> what that voice was. Oh, boy. We are, we are trying something different this week. We right. have, both have mics. We are <laughs> in separate locations and hoping that this is the ticket to hearing both of us well and for our future as podcasters. You know, Ryan, I've really just, it's been heavy on my heart. Just the number of people who can't, cannot receive the gift of both of our, our voices coming through clearly. Um, I know that our listeners, all, all five to 200,000 of them, who knows how many people listen to this, any, it could be any number above one who knows but i really just wanted to make sure that they could hear our voices clearly and not hear my dog chewing on a bone or the echoing of my living room you at least now have furniture so it's a little less echoey than it used to <laughs> be do. when we first I do started have furniture i still don't have a kitchen table um but i'm working on that i mean i'm not working we'll on that there. other people are working on that for me um well okay i say that i mean that i'm actually somebody is building me a table as a gift so that's what i'm not it'll be be awesome when it all comes together it will be hopefully i actually i know it will be because the person making it for me is um my brother and if it doesn't look nice i'm sure he'll make fun of me and redo it but (laughs) Anyway, um, we are uh, hoping to um, continue our series on self-care. And this week, we're going to come at it from a different angle a little bit. Um, And boy, do I need this week because it's been a long one. Mm -hmm. And I, I was literally telling somebody, I think yesterday... Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of this week were like the longest, the longest days of the fall semester for me. They were incredibly challenging for wildly different reasons every day. And Tuesday, I was about as close as I've ever come to having a full-blown panic attack. <laughs> I texted you about this. And yes. I just, it kind of scared me. And it was like three separate times throughout the workday on Tuesday. I was like on the verge. And finally my coworker looked at, like, I don't know. I was, I literally said this yesterday. I was like, I don't know what crazed look I had on my face when I walked into her office that she just, she looked up, her eyes got wide. And she said, Kendall, I want you to go put your computer down. I want you to close out of whatever you're working on and I want you to close your computer and I want you to go do something else. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, that's where we're at. Okay. Um, we'll do. <laughs> so like, thank you for telling me I needed to stop because right. I was about to run through the wall. Look, it yeah. Was, I don't even understand. And that was after Monday, which was just long. And then Wednesday was just, I don't know. So it's been a long week and I'm really excited for what we're going to talk about today. Um, yeah, me too. I think 
I think just like definitely this year in particular and and this semester of school has just been just been really tough just trying to figure out this new way of learning this new way of being in community with one another and and trying to learn skills and graduate or whatever the case may be um for your life but um this definitely has been a rocky one a rocky semester so I'm sure you're not alone Kendall with with weeks that just feel like they drag on forever and we definitely need those people in our life that are gonna be like okay change what you're doing like right go think about something else for a while because you are about to explode like I see the steam coming out of your ears right like go take a breath Um, I really just wish she had taken a picture (laughs) because I I genuinely am like just have it immortalized well I just I've never had that experience of somebody literally looking at me and immediately saying whatever you're about to say and whatever you are doing right now Mm. you need to stop that thing and go do something completely different because you look like you're about to need to be hospitalized for something like I've just never had that experience I I there's part of me that's kind of glad I had that moment because now I know what it's like when people when I see that and I'm like okay you need to because now I'm like, oh man, I've now been on the other end of that, which is a weird thing to be happy about. Um, because there's but it's also like, that- but now I know, like, like you know what to look for now the next time, or like know how to help yourself, maybe. Well, and I know what it feels when it comes like. back around. Yeah, I know what it feels like now to be at that point where somebody can literally look at you and say, yeah, no, that's your something's wrong. You need to go. Yeah, you need to go walk away from whatever's happening. You know. And there, there is that part of me that's like glad that I had that experience. I, obviously, then there is that part of me that's like, man, I wish I had never gotten to that point. Um, but I don't know. I, it's just, yeah, you're right. It has been a long. It was a long week. It's been a long semester. It's been a long year. And mm-hmm. amen. <laughs> I think you know, in conversations like talking, uh, bringing it back to self care a little bit. Um, I think I've recognized a lot that one of the really hard parts about talking about self-care right now is that there's a lot of things that we can talk about as like, oh, go do this for self-care, go do this for self-care. But some of the things that we we think of as self-care aren't options right now, right? Like for a lot of people going and spending time with friends, All right. Right. Well, how is that social distancing? And I, you know, what if I have to quarantine all those questions or, you know, spending time with family. Like I know a lot of people who aren't able to go home for the holidays because of, you know, all the the pandemic stuff. And so just some of those things that we would normally point to and say, Hey, that's self-care. We can't do a lot of them right now. And so we have to get creative and understand there's other things that we can be doing to, create sort of a positive impact on ourselves and that kind of goes into what we're going to talk about today um yeah and so I I think that's a wonderful place to start like I think last week we talked a lot about like things that we can do or not last week but the last time we had an episode (laughs) things (laughs) that we can do um to like help ourselves right to give ourselves care Mm -hmm. um and this week we're still caring for ourselves 
Um, and it is like something to do, but it's more of a shift. Like it's something you're already doing and you might not know, like you might not realize how much of this you're doing. Right. Um, and that is your thoughts, like the things that you tell yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to kind of explain like automatic negative thoughts a little bit, Kendall? I would love to, Ryan, because this, <laughs> here's the thing. And I know maybe in, I don't remember, it was our second or third episode, I think we kind of got into um, where individually we each stand on um, like theories of counseling and things like that. And I, for a long time, I I kind of went through like, well, when I started grad school, I was very, you know, committed to, you know, thinking I was CBT. And then as I've gone through grad school, now I'm like, ah, CBT, whatever. And (laughs) it's, it's funny that now in my work with students and clients, I use a lot of CBT things. Um, and I don't, I don't say that to, to downplay that the, you know, empirical support that CBT has, um, it has been proven to be effective for a lot of things. Um, and it is, it is a very solid, um, theory of, of counseling, um, and mental health treatment, um, but there were, I just, I, I am very pessimistic about how some people approach it, but um, sort of in my own work, I've started doing a lot of more of some of the, the um, practices, ideas, um, and activities that CBT offers. One of them um, really, they focus a lot on automatic negative thoughts, right? And so an automatic negative thought um, for people who don't know, it's, it, it's pretty self-explanatory in the name, right? Um, automatic negative thoughts are those things, um, those very, very first thoughts that pop into your brain, pop into your mind, um, as soon as there is an external trigger or stimulus, right? So, um, the example, uh, uh, an example could be, you know, I am talking to my friend and I say something and then they, or let's, let's say a text, for example, right? I text my friend and we've been texting back and forth. Um, and I send a message and they don't respond for a while. Right. And I have this immediate thought of, oh my gosh, they're not responding. Yeah. I must have said something that, that was offensive or hurtful. I like, I'm a terrible friend. What did I say? Like, right. And you can see how quickly that can go down the spiral of Mm -hmm. you start creating for yourself in your mind this narrative based on a thought rather than on the fact that they didn't respond right yeah and And we we can we do that and we don't even like realize sometimes like we don't even acknowledge like that we have had that initial thought until mm -hmm. we are spiraled down like 20 steps you know ahead of ourselves and not realizing that like that negative, the initial negative thought that we had. Right. That that's actually started everything. Yeah. That was that thought rather than what actually happened. That thought is the thing that triggered, um, a lot of times like a shame spiral, right? Because really what happens and automatic negative thoughts are like the, the road (laughs) of automatic negative thoughts is like strewn with 
tons of cognitive distortions, um, which is basically just flawed thinking, right? It is, it is ways of thinking that are often not based in reality or are incomplete truths, right? And so while it might be true that that person did not respond, the reason that I'm placing on them not responding is, um, is, is false. It is, or incorrect, or it is an assumption, right? We call it, that's an example of a cognitive distortion called mind reading, right? So I am assuming that I know why they didn't do the thing that I thought they would have done. Right. It's so, yeah. you know, that's an example. It's the but, thought that's creating, it's the thought that's creating that shame spiral and not the actual right. like what's happening like not that your friend didn't reply to you you're right it's just but it's the, the reason around that. that right and yes. so yeah and i think i think it's important to recognize that like our brains naturally find the negative like right. this is something that our amygdala is programmed to do to to keep us safe right right, right. like we have to like our brain wants to protect us and it does a really good job of that sometimes. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. it puts up these walls um, and, and creates this negative negativity sometimes to save us from things that might've been like evolutionarily what we needed to happen. Right. 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 But now um, we can filter through that a little bit better, but I think it's important to know that we our brains are naturally finding the negative. So we really need to put some effort in to flipping that. Right. It's, it's, you're right. Like it is a, it is a, a biological hardwired function of our brain to look for, search for, and identify threats. And as with almost anything in human behavior, it's fine when it works, it's good when it works. But if you take anything to too much of a degree, that's when exactly. we start experiencing the dysfunction, the problems, right? So if my brain is looking out for threats and it's doing it appropriately, then I'm great. If I start looking for yep. threats in areas where there aren't threats, right? If I'm hyper attuned to threats or if I am actively identifying things as threats that are in fact not, not. Mm-hmm. then, right, I, I start you see things like a lot of anxiety, right? That's, that's why trauma can be such a big thing because you are, you are reliving things in your brain that is, is hyper aware and hyper attuned to these triggers, um, that identify threats in, in things around you that, that aren't actually threats. Um, but that's, that's a whole separate thing. So, you know, these automatic negative thoughts really, lead down this path and they're, it, they form kind of a, a uh, symbiotic relationship with um, the foundation of them, which is your core beliefs, right? These, these anchors in sort of your, your mind and um, your identity, um, things that you, you truly believe at your core, right? And so, you know, if I assign this negative thought, I'm a bad friend when my friend doesn't text me back right away, that could be anchored in a core belief of, you know, I'm a terrible person, right? I'm a bad person who is unworthy of acceptance and belonging. Of friends, yeah. Right. And so it, 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 but then, right, you see how it becomes, well, now that core belief is being reinforced by this automatic negative thought. 
which then reinforces the core belief. And it just forms this cycle that's really hard to break yeah. out of. Right. I mean, I think you said it right. Like those core beliefs are rooted, right? Like they're deep in there because of those negative automatic negative thoughts. Like those are fueling those mm-hmm. core beliefs and those core beliefs can be good and they can be bad. And so right. we, I feel like it's, it's just, that's just, I mean, m- even more important to self-reflect and right. look at and figure out what are those core beliefs that you have? What are you telling yourself? Right. What are those negative thoughts feeding what are they rooting deeper and deeper and deeper into your into your thought into your into your heart into your soul into your life right (laughs) you know if if your core belief is i am i am worthy of love and belonging right instead of i am unworthy of love and belonging you naturally that's going to lead down a different path right that core belief is spur on different automatic positive thoughts perhaps right or even if you have an automatic negative thought if your core belief is i am worthy of love and belonging right then you have a a built-in coping mechanism when that negative thought occurs that you can draw on this this core belief to fight it right and you can say uh, you know if, if my core belief is i'm a i'm a worthy of love and belonging and i have an automatic negative thought that i'm uh, a bad friend right? Then I can combat that thought with, wait, hold on. I'm worthy of love and belonging, right? And if I genuinely believe that about myself, then maybe I'm not a bad friend or maybe, you know, this, this, maybe I did say something bad and I can apologize for it, right? You can see how you can then start, you know, navigating out of that negativity yourself um, and not get caught in that spiral. But, um, right. You know, a lot of this for me kind of goes into um, the way that we talk about ourselves, um, the way yes. that we we identify who we are, our core, our foundation, the way we talk to ourselves. Um, because what's what's surprising to me, um, even still, is a lot of people don't pay much attention to how they talk to themselves right mm-hmm. they, they I my like favorite yeah like my favorite saying it to like to reflect on and I say this to myself too and, and to some friends but it's when people say something negative about themselves mm-hmm. and and like people and then say back to them like oh I don't I don't like that you talked about my friend that way yeah like, yeah. like if you like if Kendall if you were to say like oh, I'm so stupid. And I, then my reply would be like, oh, I don't like that you talk to my friend that way. Right. Like, and just like, because you were talking to yourself, right? Like you were telling yourself something negative about you that I don't think is very, as true. Right. And I think that you needed to like, you know, I just think that there's like a care in that. Like when we're able to look back and like, especially when you're able to self-reflect and be like, Mm -hmm. like, oh, Ryan, you're so stupid. And be like, oh my gosh, no, Ryan, like you're really smart. Like here's right. all the reasons why you're smart. And you're not stupid. And, and let's mm-hmm. sit in this for a while. Like, and just having that be my self-talk and like catch myself when I say things like that. Uh-huh. Um, and it, I mean, there's just a very, there can be this filter that can help 
you create something that's not gonna i'm rambling now but <laughs> we all ramble look it's, it's, it's so happy. important it's so it important guys it's well, so important <laughs> it is and you know you talk about like you touched on the idea of um you know trying to combat these negative thoughts um by essentially i think of it as you are trying to prove them true you know um you challenge them by seeing if i that's one of the ways you can challenge negative thought is like okay well if that's my negative thought let's try and prove that that is in fact true right so if i think i'm a terrible friend or if i think i'm stupid okay well let me now take a moment reflect on my life do i have anything going on that would actually prove that i am stupid no okay do i have anything in my life that would disprove that yeah i do actually so then that thought must not be true right and so what's tricky there is and i actually said this to somebody yesterday is we can logically work it out in our brain right and this is actually where i i really have a hard time with with cognitive behavioral approaches um, because i don't really think i agree with them here um, because i think humans are much more complex than this but basically the logic in cbt <laughs> is that if i change my thinking i can change how i feel and how i act right or that changing how i think and act can impact how i feel which i agree with that component but i don't think it's quite so linear right so just by challenging or disproving a negative thought in my in my head logically does not necessarily mean that i have change then how I feel because I can logically tell myself I am not stupid or I am not a bad friend, but I can still feel like I have done something stupid or I have, you know, been a bad friend in that moment. Right. Yeah. And, and I, so, well, I think that's where that like self-compassion piece comes in. Right. Right. And like think, we have to give ourselves grace and like care for ourselves in mm -hmm. those moments where like, I do feel dumb about this thing. I do feel like mm -hmm. I could have been better at that. And, and that's sad. And it's like, there's a grieving to that. And, mm -hmm. and like, it's hard to, you know, really flip that switch and move on. Right. Um, but I can also like, like, talk myself like okay like you know I'm not I'm not stupid here's the reasons why but then like there's also that caring piece not a compassion piece for myself like like but you're okay like it's okay like right. like we can sit in this and be sad about like failing this test or whatever right. the case may be right and it's that I think I often because like guilt and shame are like where I started in the field of psychology and counseling and mental health I often find myself bringing a lot back to guilt and shame, but it is, yeah. this is literally, it is that distinction between guilt and shame here where like I am, I can talk about something as, you know, I, I was a bad friend in that moment, right? I did something that made me a bad friend in that moment, but that does not characterize me then as a bad friend universally. Right. Yeah. I'm, I, I am talking about a, a specific instance or an action rather than who I am as a person. Right. Cause shame yes. when we, when we suddenly are talking globally about who we are at our core, then we're talking about shame, right? We are talking about right. 
right? When I start describing myself as terrible, as stupid, now I am getting wrapped up in shame because I'm talking about who I, I if I firmly believe that these, these negative, terrible things about myself, right? Then, then I'm getting wrapped up in shame. Um, and th this just highlights for me the why self-talk, positive self-talk, that self-compassion matters so much. Um, and it's funny, I, I hadn't thought about it this way. Um, I actually had somebody ask me this question once. Um, and I had never really heard it phrased this way. Um, but I, to this day, I don't remember who said it to me, but I have held on to it as sort of a guiding question. Um, you know, when I think about this stuff and it's the whole idea of, you know, how much value, how much importance do I place on the thoughts and opinions others have of me and how they talk about me? And then how much more important is the, the thoughts and opinions I have of myself and the way I talk to myself, right? Yeah. Um, we are the first person that we greet in the morning, right? And we are the last person that we, we, you know, talk to when we fall asleep and yeah, we can't escape ourselves. Like we're, right. we're stuck and, with us. <laughs> right. It's, it's a weird, you know, dynamic, yeah. right. Thinking of you and you as two separate entities, but right. You know, it, yeah. There is this component where that that's why the way that we talk to ourselves, the way we treat ourselves, the way we think about ourselves and what we believe about ourselves can be so important and so impactful because we, we cannot get rid of ourselves, right? Yeah. We are stuck with ourselves from the day we're born until the day we die. And yeah. there's no way around that. And so we have to be really intentional about what we are communicating to ourselves. Right. And I think like the, to talk about like guilt and shame, especially shame, just cause it's such a deep, like rooted, like, I mean, that's hard to untangle and figure out where the core of that is and, and, mm -hmm. and understand and work through it. Like that's hard stuff. And so like, if you're feeling like that, this shame is heavy and it's too hard to hold, like, mm -hmm. like, you just like wanting to like flip that switch or like be positive, like right. is going to be really hard. Like it, like that's something like, like therapy, like talking to friends, like you're going to need other people's support to help you figure that out. Like, and that's okay. Like, mm -hmm. like we all need, we all need people to help us at times. Right. Um, like, so like that would social be, creatures. Right. Right. Like, I think that there's just like an important piece there. Like, I think as we move on to this next conversation, like, what what we feel like will be helpful is something on a very basic level right like if you're dealing with some with some deep shame like please like like find a therapist like find a good friend like find someone who can hold that with you and like help mm -hmm. you walk out of that and untangle that um and figure out where that core that core of that is right um, right and, well and not care, even and help care for you Right. Not, you know, and, and maybe you're not ready to walk out of it yet, but maybe just finding somebody who can sit with you in it. Right. Yes. And, 
Right. You know, I, I feel like you you kind of asked put you put out there the whole idea of like, you know, when somebody says something negative about themselves, asking them, um, you know, or or saying kind of I don't like the way you're talking about my friend, um, which I love. I love that. I you know I feel like I'm start using that. Um, but like I <laughs> one of the things that I I kind of love asking people sometimes because it's such it's funny to me how difficult of a question it is to answer is how many times have you been kind to yourself today or how many times have you you know said something kind about yourself to right like how many times have you done something kind for yourself how many times have you said something kind to yourself yeah what are you doing for yourself today right and you know this touches on the idea that we got on and i think in our last episode about um, self-care, a lot of people think of self-care as something that's selfish. And it's like, no, those are two different things, right? There are right, there's right. self-care and then there's selfish action. And those are two different things. Um, like you said, like we're stuck with ourselves. Like we're the first people we greet in the morning and the last people, you know, we say good night too. Like this yep. is like what we're stuck with. Like we have, like, I think, and I think like self-care has become like this buzzword, but right. really it's just, it's caring for self. Right. Like we have to, like to live, to like, to be in life with others, we have to care for ourselves. Right. And that's why I like creating the distinction when I talk about self-care with people that self-care isn't doing things that feel good. It's doing things that are good for you. And Mm, sometimes that means that what you do feels good. And sometimes it's not like I, I was actually on a, a, video call with um, some friends from college. I think this was either last week or the week before. And I, um, at the very beginning, I was still, I was doing laundry and stuff. And they, they asked me like, well, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm doing my self-care laundry. And they were like, they laughed and they were like, what self-care laundry? I was like, yeah, like I, I don't really like laundry at all. Don't like doing it. I hate folding clothes, but I also know that this is something that I need to do. It's good for me. And it's really helpful for me. I get much less stress throughout my week when I don't have to dig through my um, hamper looking for a pair of pants to wear to work, or I don't have to stress about not having something, a shirt that I want to, you know, I I know even thinking about it and even thinking about it, like just changing, like the way you say that, like self-care laundry, like it's now become like a positive thing. Right. And I, I, I hesitate to like, just attach self-care before a, a normal thing that I'm supposed to do. Right. Right. Like right. Self-care grocery yeah. shopping or self-care car wash. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but don't want to get out of hand, but <laughs> it, it's a thing that I was doing very intentionally in that moment for self-care because I knew that I was walking into a week of work that was potentially going to yes. be very stressful. And I was like, mm, no, I really want to make sure I have, I, I get this done now. So that if I get to, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I'm incredibly stressed and busy and I don't have time that my, what I'm going to wear doesn't have to be something I'm going to worry about, you know? Yeah. I love that. I love it. I think, I mean, just as we move along here, like, I think like we've gone back to last week or last session or last episode right, wow right, Ryan right. um like several times here but moving forward with just our self talk um this week um 
there's an activity that I freaking love to do with clients and with students. And that's full disclosure. I did not know what this was when Ryan asked me if I knew what it was last (laughs) week. Um, And I've been learning about it. I knew what the idea was. I just didn't know what there was a name for this. Yes. Coach versus critic. And so the idea behind this is that we all have these like negative thoughts, right? And that's our critic. That's our critic talking. And so to be able to sit and reflect and realize what your critic is telling you and be able to just like write those down. So we create like a T chart. So critics on one side. And so start to like reflect and write down what your critic is telling you. Mm-hmm. Like it, maybe it is someone in your life that's telling you these things, but usually like the thing let's like just focusing on the things that you are saying to yourself mm-hmm. as a critic. And so like, for me, like that's been like body, body issues or like just things like, like saying bad things about my like body or like saying bad things about like how smart I am, like those kind of things. And so like, that would be like my critic list. And then your coach is supposed to be like the positive flip to that. Right. Mm -hmm. So then I have really struggled with loving my nose. Like, I think it's big and it's obnoxious and it drives me crazy. I'm sorry. I really, so you critic- need, I just, you, I just, I need you to pause because I've <laughs> never heard this before that you have a hard time loving your nose. I guess I'm not questioning it and I'm not judging it. I, this is just literally the first time I'm hearing this. So my mind was yep. having to like work this into my, my understanding of, of Ryan. Okay. <laughs> No, go on. My, Sorry my critic, my critic looks in the mirror, looks at pictures, and it's like, oh my gosh, you have a big fat nose. Like, I can't, like, I hate this. Like, that's what my critic tells me all the time. And so I have to combat that with my coach. And my coach tells me that this is my wonderful nose that I get to smell with that my grandma and my mom also have my beautiful nose it's a family nose which makes it special nose (laughs) it's like i don't know why that feels good to say but it like just does like it's it's like my it's my family nose like it's some kind of a vase that's been passed down from generation (laughs) to generation it's this beautiful this is like a really um cheap example but um so my coach is telling me these beautiful things about my, my myself too, right? Like, like I get to smell with my nose, like there's a gratefulness mm-hmm. for having a nose, right? Right. Um, so that would be like an example. Do you have another example? Because that one was, was pretty cheap. I loved that example. <laughs> I am on board with that example. I Little think nose. if I, I'm trying to think, um, if I even have an example of a coach versus a, I mean, I know I do, but here's my thing is I am so bad about thinking about myself. Um, and so actually maybe this, maybe this could be, be my example. Okay. So here's, here's, yeah. my so and I wrestle with it because it's something that I can't decide. Like, is this a family thing? Is this a, um, is this a me thing? What is this? Right. And I didn't really know I had this issue until college and really what it comes down to at its core, right? There is the critic side of me that tells me that I have to be, maybe it's easier to start with the coach side, right? 
Um, and actually the coach side of this, I didn't, I didn't originate it, right. It came from friends originally. And then I have been using that, those words as kind of my fuel for my inner yeah, coach. Yeah. Like your support to move. Yeah, for right. sure. And so I love that. basically when I was in college, um, we, it was so interesting. We had a, a time, um, I did like a, a men's group with my roommates where, um, and actually a couple other people, um, we kind of did a Bible study. Um, I went to a small Christian university. Um, and so like, that was just a thing that we naturally did. It was funny. A lot of people, even this is the thing, right? So I, I identify as a Christian. Um, um, and I, I, I kind of claim that as part of my identity. Um, but even at my small Christian school, um, by my senior year of college, me and my roommates, I didn't know this until like the last month of college, we were known as the Jesus room, um, on campus. <laughs> I literally didn't know this until like the last week of my, my college career. And That's somebody great. finally was like, you, yeah, I was talking to them and they were like, yeah, you're you know. like, isn't this a Jesus campus? <laughs> and they were like, you know, that we call you guys like the Jesus room. Right. And I was like, what? Like. They were like, yeah, like literally everybody just like knows all of you as like this collective entity uh, like that's referred to as like the Jesus guys or the Jesus room. And I was like, yeah, like this is a Christian school. Like what is, it was just bizarre that that was a thing. Anyway, so as one of the, the times that we met, I think it might've been junior year, um, we did kind of an activity and these are all still like my best friends, right? And so we did an activity where um, we, I think, I don't remember, I don't think we did it all in one night. I think each night it was one person. So we did it for what would that have been like five weeks or six weeks where each night, um, we had a notebook, piece of notebook paper, and there was a line down the middle and the person's name at the top. And so whoever the person was that night, that it was like their turn on the left side of the paper would be like we would all, everybody else would then write down things that we loved about that person, um, things that we viewed as strengths, things that we, um, you know, thought were just like unique about them, that kind of stuff. The right side was things that we thought were either weaknesses or things that they were like room for improvement or um, things that they needed to work on. Um, and it wasn't like, uh, I, I don't say that to like advocate that people go do that. I say that because the reason that that was such a, a meaningful and impactful moment for us was because there was a lot of safety and trust in the room with each other Yeah, that we were able to, to kind of receive sure. that kind of stuff from each other. Right. Like I could, I could read yeah. those comments, the, you know, quote unquote critiques of who I was or things I was doing and know that these were people who genuinely cared about me and they were offering up these ideas of ways that I could become a better version of myself. Right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, one of the things on that list was that they had talked about me being this incredibly generous person. And I was like, what are you talking about? And they like started listing off all this stuff. And I was like, that's not generosity. I thought I, like, that's just, that's normal for me. Like that has always been a part of me that just, I thought came like, I thought I had to do those things. I thought it was just, that was what you did. And they were like, no, like that is generosity. You are doing things that you don't have to, you are offering up things you don't have to for people. And I didn't understand that there was this critic inside of me 
that was telling me that if I didn't do all those things, I was being selfish. I was withholding from other people that I was a bad person. If I didn't offer that stuff up, if I didn't give more of myself than I had to other people. Right. And, but I didn't know that critic was there until suddenly there was a voice that was combating it that came from outside that was saying that is generosity and it's amazing. And there's a limit to what you can give. And so it's okay if you want to say no, because you know, that they came with like, here's this, these are incredibly generous things you do not have to do. And sometimes you you felt you were finding that your generosity, like, or guess like what other people saw generosity, you were reflecting and realizing that you were doing that, like almost out of fear. Right. Like for like your your self as a person. Right. As soon as I had sort of that counterweight to my critic, I was like, oh my gosh. And I, I had that kind of aha moment of, I am giving more of myself than I have to offer and I am burning myself out by doing that. Mm-hmm. And it was just this weird shift in my thinking and in my um, my view of who I was um, that that kind of offered that. So I, I don't know if that that works, if that helps. It's no it's no nose, but hopefully <laughs> that is that that's kind of how I I kind of think about this a little bit. Yeah, I think. And I mean, I think this can be very simple things and they can be really big things too. Right. Um, and I, I think just the, the part of that exercise, like a part of doing that is to just reflect and really mm-hmm. see and learn about yourself. And in that you're caring for yourself, right? Like right. that in itself is self-care. You're caring for yourself and realizing these negative things that you're telling yourself on a day-to-day basis or- right. whatever it looks like for you um but the importance is just that reflecting piece um because we don't give ourselves enough time to do that and i really really think and we talked about this last time that is that's where to start is just reflecting on the care that you give yourself Mm -hmm. what you need and and what you're doing that's like throwing that off Right. right. And it's, uh, we kind of had the conversation last week because you talked about the coach versus the critic, which naturally sent my brain 10,000 other directions. Um, but one of the things that I, I landed on was the word critic because um, that, that brings back to my mind every time I hear that word, um, my favorite quote, which is from uh, actually it, the reason it's my favorite quote is because um, the first time I heard it was, when Brene Brown talked about it in one of her TED talks. And that is her TED talk on shame is the reason that I think I am where I am today because that's what got me started in my field and with everything I, I am fascinated by. But she she yeah. uses the quote, um, it, it's a lot of times referred to as the man in the arena quote by Teddy Roosevelt from his um, Citizen in a Republic speech. I'm not gonna read the whole thing, it's long. And you can go look it up. It's very famous. And I think it's even more famous now because of Brene Brown. But essentially, I have anchored a lot of my understanding of how I think about people 
using this metaphor of a man in an arena, right? And Brene Brown talks about it like um, from a, a vulnerability angle of, you know, we try and put on all our armor and make sure we're all suited up and impenetrable and we can't get hurt before we go into the arena, right? But that's not possible. And in fact, often the bravest thing we can do is walk into that arena of, of whatever, whatever it is in that moment um, and face whatever we are then going to be confronted with, right? Like that is bravery, whether or not we have any armor on. Um, but I think about it from the angle of we are in an arena, right? We are all in our own arenas of life, right? And in those arenas, there's, you know, light spots, there's dark spots we can't really see in. And there's all these things in there with us that we are fighting. Um, and they are our own individual challenges. They are the things that will haunt us at night. They are the things that will make us happy, right? So there's all these things that we have in our own arenas. And part of, of what's really difficult sometimes is that, you know, Ryan, you could come into my arena. You could, you could, you know, walk out of yours for a few minutes. You can come into mine, look in my arena and say, oh, well, that sucks. Like this is, that's, that's gross over there. And that's dumb over there. And I don't know why you have a problem with that. Um, okay, bye. Right. And then you get to leave and go back. But then I am stuck there with everything you have unloaded on top of the things I'm already dealing with. Right. And so now I feel bad about what's in my own arena. And so I, I just, I, I latch onto that, that metaphor because I think it offers this really helpful way of thinking about like, yeah, I've got my own stuff in here. Yeah. And you can come in and criticize my, me or you can come in and offer support to me as I deal with everything in my arena. And then at the end of the day, you have to go back to yours and you've got your right. stuff that you're dealing with and helping. It's really helped me kind of frame how I think about my experience and the experience of people around me, because it's offered me a way of understanding that we all deal with different things. And even though yeah. we can grow up in the same home or we could be neighbors or we could be in the same graduate program, we are fighting different demons and battles in our arenas and that's okay. And we can offer support to each other or we can offer shame and criticism to each other. And, and again, this is where that quote kind of comes in, right? The credit doesn't belong to the critic right? It's not, the, the credit doesn't belong to the person who walks in and says, oh, this is, this is stupid or that's dumb, right? The credit belongs to the people who are in their arenas, who are slogging it out, fighting every single day just to come out on top and then do it all over again, right? And I, I don't know what about that metaphor has been so powerful for me, but it really then allows me to look at then the way that we talk to each other, the way that we talk to ourselves and treat ourselves as like, oh, then it becomes, if I, if I think of every day as a, a you know, a, a moment, an opportunity, 
um, an experience where I'm walking into an arena to fight just to make it outside and do it all over again, then it becomes absolutely critical how I treat myself and how I talk to myself. Yeah. Well, I think even just like, like I'm thinking about your, your week, right? Like you knew Mm -hmm. this week was going to be tough and intense and it was going to be a battle. And so to prepare for it, you did laundry, like you were taking care (laughs) of yourself. I mean, I mean, just like, it sounds like a little thing, but it was, it was the care that you needed, that you recognized that you needed to support yourself for the week. And although like this week has been still very tough, like I'm sure that having clean clothes made it a little bit better. Right. Right. Literally put out like, oh, this is what I'm going to wear tomorrow. I could put it on like my bathroom counter and say, all right, now I don't worry about that when I wake up. Right. And I, I mean, just, it's really like little things like that. Like, I think we, again, we see self-care as like a pressure almost sometimes to like, oh, we have to go to the spa. We have to, you know, have drinks with so-and-so and and like the the smart self-care, but it it can really be as small as just sitting and reflecting, reflecting, like just sitting and reflecting on yourself, your, your year, your week, like what your next week looks like, like just looking at yourself and seeing the negative things that you say yourself, they're looking at the thing, the positive things that you tell yourself and, and trying to grow that and figure that out and figure Mm -hmm. out where, what you need, what you need from others, what you need from yourself, um, being able to communicate that to yourself. Yeah. I think one of my new, it's, it has not overtaken the, the uh, man in the arena. I don't think anything will ever top that one for me, but there's a new quote that I discovered. uh, I think it was last week. Um, It's Jack Cornfield. Um, I have not taken the extra 30 seconds of my life to look up anything about Jack Cornfield. So if he's a terrible person, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but he said this thing, right? And terrible people can say good things sometimes, which is such a weird thing to consider. Anyway, so he said, one of the things um, that, that he says um, that I just, I love, um, this is a quote from him. <clears throat> Um, is if your, if your compassion does not include yourself, it is incomplete. Mm, And so good. I just, that, that is exactly what I think we are trying to, to get at when we talk about self-care and when we talk about, you know, being kind and speaking kindly to yourself, right? How many times have you been kind to yourself today? How many times have you said kind things to yourself today um like those things matter because how well you can care for other people i think is directly related to how well you care for yourself so true so So i I don't know i feel like we i feel like we ended like the same way last time like wait this is so important guys right we're Um, just like banging our fists (laughs) everybody go to self-care but like, actually, please, it's really important. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I, we wanted to kind of end today with just some like affirmations, and I think that's a great place to start, mm-hmm. right? Like, just to to switch that that those negative thoughts into something positive. Right. Um, so, like I said, like something that I have been 
has been challenging for me my life my whole life is thinking that I'm that thinking that I'm stupid or thinking that I'm dumb Mm -hmm. and that's something that happened through like you know lots of people saying negative things and me believing them or you know just life happens right and so something that I have had to tell myself is that I am smart like just literally telling myself I am smart I am smart I am smart and and I think if you don't know what affirmations are, I I love freaking love affirmations. My whole family, this is something that like we like stand our ground on <laughs> is affirmations. And um they're I am statements um mm-hmm. that that just make you feel good. <laughs> right. Well it's positive. So it's it's actually it's a, a activity, I think. Um, as we were, I was mentioning, I remember now what I was trying to say earlier before we actually started recording. Um, I was listening to a podcast today, um, which I highly recommend if you have never listened to this podcast, Armchair Expert, it's Dak Shepard's podcast. It's amazing. But he was interviewing the one I was listening to with Angela Duckworth, who's the psychologist out of University of Pennsylvania, um, Ivy League, Smarty Pants. She's awesome. She wrote the book Grit. But anyway, she, one of the things that she mentioned in that podcast was it's called the three blessings activity, um, which, or it could be the three good things activity, um, whatever you want to call it, but it's that thing where you just say three things, three good things. Right. And a lot of times it gets turned into gratitude, right? I'm grateful for X, Y, or Z, right. Um, it doesn't specifically have to be grateful, right. It can just be like, I am smart. Right. Like you are just acknowledging something positive or good um, about yourself or your world or something, just acknowledging the positive, right? Because we talked earlier about how our brains are hardwired to hone in, identify, target those negative things, right? Yes. And so really intentionally acknowledging, identifying positives just helps shift your mindset a little bit more towards like, acknowledging and noticing the positives a little bit more so i just like i picture it like sprinkling a little bit of positivity on yourself well just a little sprinkle little 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 sprinkle little little sprinkle sprinkle. (laughs) i mean i just start with these like um this is something like in college like i would write down in my journal just like a bunch of i am statements Mm -hmm. even just like saying like i am ryan Right. It's sometimes like good to like remind my body of that. Like, right. Like I am a person. I am, I am my own. Person. I am Ryan. I am a person. Yes. I'm a human. Like I, I, my favorite is like, I'm a daughter of the one true King. Like that just like makes me feel like worthy and just like, you know, right. Just well, good. it's just like, it's very right? identity affirming because I think there's a lot of things yes. that question who we are, that it can be really important and powerful when you, you remind yourself of those things that are true about you. Yeah, for sure. Right. And that are, and they, and they, and it kind of like blocks out the haters too. Right. (laughs) Black damn haters. Yeah. It's like, like, it's wearing Kanye shades on your identity. It's like, (laughs) that was terrible. Um, Ignore everything I just said, but you know what I mean? Like it, it is very much like, it helps you combat those when you're confronted with something that challenges you or is true, not true of you. You're able to then lean on these, these truths that you have spent time to remind yourself of. Yes. 
Yeah. And these, I mean, there's something that works well for me. And I think that you definitely do have to be in like a, in a pretty healthier state of mind for these to work, right? Like you, like, please like go to therapy, like, right. like if you dig into the shame and like the deeper stuff. Right. If you're um, severely depressed, then yes, affirmations probably isn't the place to start. They might, right. right. There's, it, but they're not going to suddenly make you not depressed. Yes. I think this is like a little disclaimer that, right. Um, that's why these this can, these can definitely be helpful. These can definitely be helpful, but they're not, they're going to be a bandaid over your like leg amputation. Like, right. so are, well, it's just the idea. It's the difference between a coping skill and a cure, right? It's a, yes. skill, it's a tool. Yes. It's something you can draw on when you need that support, but it will not cure you of anything. Right. Right. So, I mean, I think that's just kind of where we land today with our self-talk and our self-care um episode this this evening all right ryan i'm gonna do something with you that i do with my clients Uh oh. before we sign off i need you to tell me three things you're grateful for today oh good you have to do it too we'll see <laughs> <laughs> so three things i'm grateful for one number one i am super super excited that it's christmas break now because i i needed this break and so i'm very happy to have some time to sleep in i'm jealous of you i still have work monday and tuesday you can do it push through you got this fight on uh number two i'm grateful for my plans this next week with my family um being with my people i'm pumped i love it and number three i have been organizing all of the things that i've (laughs) thrifted for my wedding and now they're like spewed across the tables downstairs and so i'm just excited to get to marry my person next summer so special <laughs> so those are my three year turn like um okay let's see i am grateful and uh, i should also say um these they never have to be big things right i always remind because some i work mostly with kids and teens and so to ask them a question like that someone's like well i don't know what i'm like dude it can be anything um, right. So good point. I, I, I say that as my qualifier, if I can't think of anything that's like impressive or significant, um, I am grateful for, um, coworkers at work who know when to challenge me and know when to yes. force me to take care of myself. Yes. I dude. am grateful for um my family that despite being in a pandemic is doing we're doing everything we can to be with each other and do so smartly and safely um and just the effort that has gone into that is amazing um and i am grateful for oh gosh 
I'm grateful that I was able to find my people in college and that Mm. they really are a huge reason why I am who I am and where I am today because I don't think I would be here if I had not met them so Mm, so good people are life that was challenging I'm bad at talking about myself you would never did it you uh, did it. I did it. I really wanted to be sarcastic and be like, I am grateful for my fridge magnets because they hold things on. <laughs> but I didn't do it. Um, I, my my uh, self-defense mechanisms are humor and sarcasm. I've learned to um, temper them and to, to not use them as often because it's really... That was great self-reflection, Kendall. It's just really inappropriate when you... <laughs> say sarcastic things to your boss at work and they don't <laughs> mechanism, or you're trying to deflect and use humor because you're uncomfortable or you don't know what to say. I, it just gets you in weird situations. Not that that's happened to me. I'm fortunate. So I don't think that has. Yet. So true. I am a total awkward laugher. But okay. Well, Ryan, this has been lovely. And I think I'm also grateful for you, Kendall, and this podcast and everyone listening. So All thanks five to, to you, 200 three people. Oh, <laughs> you were going to give us five? Oh, wow. <laughs> I was going to give us five. Nate, look. Um, greater than. I was thinking one. like your mom, my mom, and maybe one other person. <laughs> I'm going to, well, my cousin now, right? Like. Oh, uh, yeah. Cool's cousin. Pod, welcome. Bro. Welcome love to the. the um, <laughs> which literally is probably my favorite text I've gotten this week. Just, and that was, was nothing, no lead ins, nothing else. Just love the pod. That was it. That's so great. Sweet. Thanks. Um, But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, We hope you guys have a wonderful holiday. Um, For all of my Jewish friends, I hope you guys had an amazing Hanukkah that I believe last night um, was the last night of Hanukkah. And so I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, I hope everybody enjoys their holidays. And thanks for listening. Thanks, guys.